Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Friday, April seventh. You like it? You like how quick I I got to the I got straight to the punchline yeah, right there. That was nice. That was, nice. That was good. Sorry, wasn't ready for it. Zach, how was your day today? It was I. Uh, I took the day off of work to go to the Mets home opener, and the Mets canceled the home opener because of rain. And instead of rain, we got probably the best weather we've had all year so far. I would say. Yeah, I I, I don't really know what what they were thinking. Well, the forecast was pretty shit. Yesterday, yeah, but I feel like you gotta wait. You gotta wait. It's not like, no, like but, what's the point? They, I know, I know why they did it was because they definitely didn't. There, there was a game last year where similar to the Yankee playoff game, where they had everyone come to the field. The forecast looked like it was going to clear up. It never cleared up, and everyone just went home. No game played. They're there for like two hours. I'm sure he just wanted to avoid that. Yeah, I guess and. I, th- I think it's too because it's their home opener, so like they would rather just move it the day and right. save themselves the trouble. Also, the fact that the Mets are coming back from Milwaukee right now, and if there was an option to, Woo, to, uh, to cancel the game, because let me tell you something, these guys needed a day off. We needed a day off today. I needed a little debrief from ba- baseball today. I have not watched a second of baseball today. Uh, Mets got pounded in in Milwaukee there's there's no better way to say that we I think we're something like three in 20 in our last 23 games in Milwaukee it's we do not play good baseball in the state of Wisconsin but we're not gonna win all the games I think we're three and five right now in the season so two games under 500 we have a three game set coming up against the fish so hopefully uh Hopefully, a little uh, we we uh, straighten the course out here a little bit. Yeah, you talk about Milwaukee, and uh, I that is something that I had written down that I wanted to bring up this episode. Okay. Is is Milwaukee? Are Milwaukee? Is Milwaukee? I think nice? Milwaukee is going to be a lot better than people thought they were, just based off of what is I Milwaukee saw. Go- I'll tell you who's not is Milwaukee going to win the NL Central. Mm. I don't know. That's that's to be determined. Definitely to be determined. But I think it's going to be a lot better of a race than people may have might have anticipated. One thing I'll tell you for sure that I got out of watching this series is two things. Actually, I'll bring up three points. The Mets don't have as much pitching as they really have had in the past decade plus. Two, Max Scherzer does not know how to pitch with a pitch clock he he looks rushed out there and I know he was a guy who worked quick prior in prior years but the pitch clock and just having a countdown in front of him looks like it's already fucking with his momentum uh I I think he needs to break it down and start all over in terms of uh mentality of, of his whole pitching game three is Christian Yelich is or aka Pete Davidson of Major League Baseball is as bad as I've seen him during this down stretch that he's had in Milwaukee. And I didn't think he could hit a lower low, but it looks like that low is going to be hit this year. Cause he looks straight up awful, Zach. Yeah, he does. And you know, I'll, I'll go back to your other point first before I hit on Yelich Scherzer. 
you know, it, it might be a problem with him with the pitch clock, but you, you you do make a good point. He was a guy who did like to work fast. He's always wanted to be the guy that controls the momentum of the game and controls the pace of the game, and everybody goes off of his pace. And I don't see why the pitch clock would be a problem for a guy like that. He could just be getting off to a rocky start because he's off to a rocky start. But I agree with you. He hasn't looked that great. The Mets haven't looked that great. In altogether, they haven't looked that great. And Scherzer's a big part of that. You know, hopefully they get Verlander back. He pitches well. But going back to Christian Yelich, you couldn't be more right. He can't, like, he can't hit the ball even if they offered him, I don't even know, like, the world. He can't hit the ball. He just doesn't even look comfortable up there. He swings at shit so out of the zone. He's still chasing balls just over his head. Not over his head, but you know what I mean, just up in the zone. And he just looks so bad and so uncomfortable in the box, which is so sad from the former MVP what, in 2018, the MVP. So it's just it's just sad to see. And, I mean, I hope he turns it around. It's still early in the season, but. If it's if it's gonna look like this, my guess is they they might either look to replace him or move him as the season progresses because they're taken off. And if he can't perform, then right, he can't I don't be, see why they can't, can't put him on the bench. Can't be an albatross for this team, just weighing him down the entire season. I mean, at at some at some point for the Brewers, the front office is just gonna have to take their medicine, swallow their pride, and cut their losses at this rate because. While it was fun, this the Yelich and Bellinger downfall is very interesting to me because you look 2018-19, like those guys were on top of their game, both winning MVPs in back-to-back seasons, and you really thought that they were the clear-cut future of baseball. And it, what seems like a, a two two to three year swing, it's they're almost unrecognizable, and that's uh. That just goes to show you how hard this game is when you can literally go from being on top of the game, both being MVPs, and now guys who you wouldn't be surprised if they were DFA'd tomorrow. I think it's crazy. It, it really is. It shows how volatile baseball is. You you, you really can come out and have an MVP season and the next, and the next season – you could come out and be the worst player in baseball. It's very possible. It's it's a very streaky game, and if you just get on a bad streak and you just keep going, Christian Yelich hasn't had it for the last couple seasons, and it, it's been sad to watch the downfall. I, I, I don't know what the Brewers are going to do, and the Brewers have a lot of situations that they need to handle before even thinking about Yelich. I, I really think their sole focus is on Corbin Burns and how do they get this guy to resign. Obviously, there was problems we saw in this offseason that he was not happy with their talks, that he felt disrespected in their talks, and he wants a, he wanted a contract. But I, if that relationship can't be mended, then we're looking at a Brewers team that's playing well right now. But if you don't have Corbin Burns for the next couple of years, you might as well you know tear it down, get rid of Yelich, get rid of Burns, and just and you and that's what you got to do because if you don't have the very possible best pitcher in baseball on your staff anymore. This team does look a lot different. Looks extremely different. And uh, I know we, we spoke briefly about this 
when we did our preseason preview, which was like, which, which was like December at this rate, which was it's kind of crazy to think about that. But we were talking about how if come come late late July, mid August, if well, I guess actually I, I should rephrase that. Early July, early to mid July, if the Brewers aren't in striking distance of the NL Central. You look at this roster, like, yeah, there's some good young guys and there's some good young talent on this team, but the guys who are really carrying the weight and who would really you would have to rely on to to not only make a postseason, but make a push in the postseason. Like those guys, like they're they're getting old and their their contracts are probably running up. So it's like like I said earlier, where I said like it's it's probably better to just cut your loss with Yelich. Like, do you cut your loss with Burns and just kind of break it all down at that rate? Or do you just hang on to him and hope that you can t- turn it around in the next three to four years, which might be a little generous to say that's their window at this rate. Yeah. I mean, if, let's play GM for a second. Let's play GM for a second for the Milwaukee Brewers, right? You have Christian Yelich who's been struggling and there's no question that he's been struggling and he kind of has a crappy contract. So there's not a lot of people who are going to want him. So you got to find somebody real desperate. Who's going to want Yelich, but if the relationship with Burns is not there and it's not met, it, you, it can't be fixed. If it can't be fixed, you get rid of Burns and Yelich. You package them in a deal and you trade them before the deadline. And here's why. Because they have Freddie Peralta. They have Brandon Woodruff. And they have guys in their minor league system that are going to come up and carry this team. This team right now is not even being carried by those high-powered guys. Burns had two mediocre starts. Peralta's looked like the ace on the Brewers so far. Burns had two mediocre starts. Telez has been whatever. And Yelich has been terrible. This team has been carried by their young guys. Bryce Terang, Willie Adamez, Contreras, those guys. They have been carrying this team. Those are the guys that are hot on the Brewers. So I don't see why if they're if they're not in contention for the NL Central, if they're if they're not in contention for the NL Central, they're not in contention for the playoffs because they're not going to get the wild card. It's yeah. just not. It's it's very. It's not going to happen. So if they're not in contention for the NL Central, come trade deadline, I say you deal Burns and Yelich. You get minor league prospect. I would say you get four Burns and Yelich. I would say you get probably two top ten guys a top 20 guy and maybe a major league guy, honestly, because we're talking about the like possibly the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, no, there, you can make that argument. You want to hear someone that's going to make you sick to your stomach? I would love to. Uh, Yelich signed a seven-year, $188.5 million contract right around COVID. Uh, and as of today... He still owed, give or take, one hundred and fifty million dollars worth of that contract. So that's yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. So, but I do, th- I think, I think the right, like Steve Cohen and and you know AJ Preller over at the Padres, these guys, it, when they get to the nitty gritty and they need a pitcher come deadline time, they will shell the hundred and fifty dollars for one hundred fifty, one hundred fifty million for Christian Yelich just to have him as a roster spot just so they can get burned. Plus it could be a situation where th- Yelich like, needs like a change of scenery or, or whatnot. I do. I think it's going to be like a Mookie Betts situation. We pack the Red Sox packaged Mookie Betts with David Price right, to, to that, the Dodgers because David Price was shitty and they wanted that contract off their books. 
This would free up so much money for the Brewers too and get them good prospect capital that they can honestly turn over next year if they want I mean, to. Yeah. I think that would be the move for the Brewers if they're if not. If we're being in. realistic here, I would I would have to say if I was if I was in the Brewers front office and I was listening to phone calls about Yelich, if I was even considering that fact and Unfortunately, with the contract like this, you're that that is the only option. You can't DFA the guy because you're gonna and no one's gonna claim him off waivers, and you're gonna end up spending. You're gonna end up having to eat the remainder of this contract. If I'm the Brewers and I want to trade this guy, which is a, at this rate, it's a legitimate possibility he is on the trade block at some point in the next year or two. I'm going into to any trade conversation with immediately off the bat saying as an organization, Milwaukee is knowingly going to have to eat if not half more than half of that contract. There's most there, likely there's no way there's going to be any takers for a contract that has six more seasons on it. Yeah. I think that's the problem with Yelich and, he just that contract is so bad. Like looking back on it, obviously. I mean, it looked like looking like, like when it happened, it looked like a steal. I mean, he signed it right a year after his MVP season. I know, and like hindsight's twenty twenty. But you, I mean, you look back on it. That's a terrible contract. Wow. Now he hasn't lived up to that in the slightest. In the slightest, he's playing like a like an eight eight ten million dollar player, maybe. No, I if would that. say if that. So I'm saying, like, he's not. He's not playing to his potential. He's not playing for that contract that he signed. Not even close. No, totally agree. And like you said, it could very well be a situation where the Dodgers, or excuse me, what the Dodgers uh, got with Mookie and the Red Sox. So package in a pitcher, or in this instance, a piece that has a massive contract that they're obviously not playing to, but a team that can afford it. So it makes sense in that respect. So we had a couple a couple call ups this week too while we were gone. We had a call up today. The Mets to yeah. the Mets today called up calling up Francisco Alvarez because they got Narvaez on the IL for a couple weeks. It sounded, looked like I, I think I saw eight to nine, eight to nine. Weeks. Yeah, it's probably gonna be around ten weeks. So yeah, so they're calling up Alvarez, and you love to see it. You like to see the young guys coming up. You know, he came up last year, struggled a little bit when he came up, but. That's an exciting player. Maybe give the Mets a, a little excitement in the clubhouse. Something you know, something a little more to play play for. Give them a little oomph, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, this this the, the, you know the one thing about Alvarez was he wasn't really hitting well in spring, but in the in twenty twenty one in twenty two, well, I guess more twenty two than anything, defense was really a real question about him. And honestly, at this rate, he's going to have to catch because he's one of two catchers on the roster behind Nito right now. But I'd have to imagine the majority of his time is going to be spent in a DH role because I don't think the Mets really feel that he's fully developed his defensive tools yet. I mean, I could be wrong in saying that, but just from kind of like a comfort level, that's kind of what I gauged off of the situation. Yeah, the the defense has been a problem, and it it was definitely a problem last year, and it showed that it was a problem, and I think that's why the Mets have kept him down. If the defense wasn't a problem, he was probably up mid mid season last year, 
or even before that. Yeah, so, he came he came up right around like the August August time frame, September. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think we would have seen him a lot earlier if the defense was there. So clearly it's not, and the Mets aren't very confident in it. But that bat is so solid that this is a guy that you need up up in your lineup. It, it's someone who can bring a little pop to the lineup. And if if he comes up and, and he starts hitting very well, there's no reason why the Mets can't keep him up here. So I, I think it's a real test for Alvarez. It's going to be a test for the Mets. Um, you know, the, the defense is definitely going to be a problem, but I think the bat in the lineup is going to be just such a plus for the Mets that hopefully the defense won't matter. Yeah, no, I agree. And the Mets need offense right now. I mean, we have half the team who's not even hitting their weight at this rate. So I think it would be, uh, I think, I don't think any harm can come from this move. I know a lot of people are calling for Beatty to come up now because Escobar, Easy out Escobar has been shitting the bed, but uh, I don't know. It's 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 something that we got to hold off on because apparently the Mets don't feel it would uh, it would be advantageous for us to bring him up at this rate and not let him get a lot of defensive reps in, which makes sense. I mean, he 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 wasn't the most defensively sound player when he came up last year for us for that short period of time, so it makes sense. You know, we'll. Uh, We'll regroup once we cross the bridge of total disaster from Escobar, but we're not on we're not on uh, DefCon five or DefCon one. I don't remember which way that goes, but DefCon five is that the worst or DefCon one the worst? I think DefCon five is the worst. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, no, no DefCon DefCon one is the worst. Defcon two, Defcon five is lowest state, and then Defcon two is next step to nuclear war. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, so yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens with Alvarez. I, I think the, the Mets could use the bat, and hopefully he. Hits. Did you see the uh, patch that the Mets unveiled today? Uh, I, I hate heard you talk it's about awful. it, but I didn't see it's it. It's awful. It's almost as big as the new bases. Look at it. Oh, that is bad. You know, when the Red Sox unveiled theirs, like, I think it was last year, at the beginning did of last year. they just blow it up just I to was look? Like, or do they, like, did... Because sometimes they, they, they'll, they like, when teams unveil something, they'll just blow it up on the sleeve just so people get, like, a, a good look at it. Yeah, I... It might have been blown up the first time I saw it. It was just like the first time I saw it, I was like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, like this is the worst thing ever. I like burn all the jerseys. But now, like, I don't even notice it. Yeah, it's mass mutual. I don't know. I just think it's a little gimmicky. Like, I was hoping I was hoping Cohen wouldn't do it. But I guess like if he's spending all this money, he's got to get something back in return. So we, I mean, we've seen a bunch of teams start to do it now. I think it's going to become the norm. Yeah, good guy Cohen, though. He's giving, um, in this deal, I guess, the Mets and New York Presbyterian Hospital are doing like a bunch of like wellness checks around the city and like cancer screening. So that's pretty cool. Also, every newborn born in a New York Presbyterian Hospital gets a Mets onesie. Good marketing. Honestly, that's a fun good marketing strategy. Dude, I wish I was having a baby. <laughs> well, imagine if free onesie. You were a Yankee fan. 
Oh, that's def, dude. We will definitely see a video somewhere down the line of a Yankee fan like burning that onesie. Definitely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Did you see that Major League Baseball announced that it's ready to advertise or sell advertisements for the pitch clock? I did. Interesting. So it's going to become like uh, State Farm pitch clock. I mean, I'm not surprised. They got to make money. They like to sell it's ads business. on everything, right? They will sell ads for anything. Everyone in baseball, owners, and anyone who works for the MLB, the only thing they're worried about is making money and making more money on top of the money that they already made. They just want money. Agreed. So uh so let's so since our last show on Tuesday, let's go over kind of some of the headlines or things that I noticed in a lot of the uh games over the last few days. Uh Colorado Rockies for the 11th time in course field history, 1-0 game today. I know. It's so exciting. You don't see a lot of those. No, you don't. It doesn't happen very often, but they did it. The Rockies are so bad. Like, actually, they're so bad. They are really bad. They're pit. They're pit, they have the worst pitching staff I've ever seen in my. But they have a life. cool like, I thought the A's part. pitching staff was bad, but their best pitcher is Herman Marquez. He had a five ERA. Yeah, he's last pretty year. shit. Also, did you see my shirt today? Yeah, I see it. The coolie with the clown nose. Clown. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Caden McClure. Did you hear about this? This minor leaguer for the Giants who gave up a a nuke to Fernando Tatis Jr., who then called him a cheater who hits home runs on a rehab assignment during a steroid suspension. Yeah, I mean, you gotta respect it. You have to. You have to respect it. Giving up a nuke to Tatis and then after the game taking it to Twitter and just trying to roast him because you gave up a home run, I love it. I love the energy. It is uh, – it's honestly like you hate to see someone back down like that and look like they're like get backed into a corner and just kind of <laughs> just throw strays out there at somebody. But like you said, you got to respect it. This guy's hilarious. You've got to respect the grind. Back against the wall, and he's just throwing ammo out everywhere. He was just, he was he was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna make fun Fuck of this it. guy. If the ship sinks, I'm you're coming tr- down with me. Yeah, well, the funny part is he made fun of him for playing in the same league that he plays in. I guess he was making fun of him more for the steroids, but you know what I mean? He was like, no, he was like you Oh, mean. you're on a fucking triple A rehab assignment. Like, um, you you play AAA too, buddy. Buddy, and he makes a lot more money than you. <laughs> yeah, literally, seriously. Um, one quick note: I did see that um, Alvarez is expected to catch regularly up at the big league level. So regularly, fuck. It's going to be exciting. I mean, every syllable out of that word. Um, it's a tough word. Yeah, no, that's not a syllable, right? What what is what is sure. that called? A letter? No, when you when you like remember in elementary school when you would sound a word out and you would clap in between the word that's a syllable that's a syllable okay yeah just wanted to double check wait is it yeah it is yeah, yeah what's yeah. a consonant 
a consonant? I just remember that word. What? I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm trying to think of what these things were. I don't. Are you just throwing out words. What the hell is a consonant? Jake, you unmuted. What were you going to say? Did you just say a syllable was when a, a word describes a sound? No, 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 no. Okay. We said the syllable is like, the one is when you clap? were a kid and you would clap. That's, like, what is it? Syllable. No, no, a consonant no, no. are letters that represent certain speech sounds, specifically sounds that involve blocking the air before it leaves the mouth, such as tongues. What are we talking about here? Most letters of English that. alphabet are consonants, except for A, E, I, O, U, the vowels. Oh, yeah, everything but a vowel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I feel like people like can't really trash us for this because who the fuck ever like in your daily lives you're not thinking about consonant and syllables. Wordle, Wordle taught me. I'm always thinking about consonants. Oh yeah. What a good game! I actually learned a lot of. I'm words starting to get back into today. Wordle again, actually. It's good for the brain. Well, it's just like in like the morning when I wake up. I'm trying to like not use my phone as much. So I feel like I'm not using my phone when I'm playing Wordle because I'm not scrolling social media when I wake up. But I'm still using my phone. <laughs> yeah, I I guess it's like a step in the right direction. Right, right. It's like uh, like quitting smoking and then just like going to like nicotine pouches. So like not going the full way off the bus yet, but got one foot out the door. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what. I just broke something off of my stand right here. Dude, I feel like you break something I literally every just time. Broke something. That's why I, I was like looking around the corner. I was like, I think I just broke something. I did break something. You okay? No, honestly, no. No. Oh, okay. No. Me neither. We got, uh, the Red Sox got swept by the Pirates. Yeah, so. no, that's fun. It's always fun. So, yeah. I didn't really want to talk the about it. The Stinksburg Pirates? Though, so I'm not bring it up, actually. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is Adam Duvall is amazing. That's it. That's Adam it. Duvall That's is, say. is very good. Another home run today. Game winning home run today. Duvall. Beast. Duvall. He is amazing. Um, other thing I wanted to bring up. Other thing I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Grayson Rodriguez got called up from the Orioles after I had my rant about two weeks ago about them not having him on the opening day roster. They bring him up after a week. Not surprising. Yeah, no, we rant literally ranted about this a week ago. Now he's now he's up, and he had his first start yesterday against Jacob Degrom and the Rangers. He went five innings, four hits, two runs, five strikeouts. Yeah, how did Degrom do? He looked pre- he looked pretty good. Uh, let's find out. Let's find out. How did Degrom do? How did Defraud do? How did how did Jacob Degroin do? DeGrom, uh, okay, I'm sorry, this is, the. I think it was, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong day. This is really bad podcasting. Still looking at the wrong day, I'm really blowing it. Do I need to find this for you? No, 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 no. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I got it right here, I got it right here. DeGrom went six innings, two hits, one earned, 
Two runs, one earned, two walks, 11 Ks. Can you repeat that again? Sorry, I was reading something on my phone. Six innings, one earned, two walks, 11 Ks. It's DeGrom. Two hits. It's DeGrom. Pretty DeGrom start. I hate DeGrom. But we're not talking about DeGrom. I wanted to talk about Grayson Rodriguez. I'm very happy that the or I just want to say I'm very happy that the Orioles finally made this move. It was a move that needed to happen. Their pitching was terrible. The f- opening series against the Red Sox, it continues to be terrible. And thank God that they brought him up. He pitched well his first outing. They lost, but he pitched well. Only two runs, five Ks. We'll take that. For his first outing, we'll absolutely take that. This is the number 12th prospect in baseball. He's going to be special this year for the Orioles. Agreed. I think he has a, a very good shot at uh, providing some pitching depth for the Orioles this year. We'll see. Uh, he obviously has the tools to to do it, so we'll have to see how his first year in the majors pans out. I'm not going to say rookie of the year because we already like someone else on the Orioles for that spot, but uh, you never know. You never know. Um, did you see that the – Tigers won two out of three against Houston. Did they? Yeah. I did yeah, they not did. see that. I, saw, I know you guys are playing the Tigers today. Yeah, I got the dub because of Adam Duvall. Duvall. But I stand by what I said last podcast. Houston continues to not look very good. No, they, they, and, they don't, but... It's early. I know it's only been six, seven games, but when do we get worried? Like I, I'm ask, I'm actually asking. Like, when do you think you can worry about the Astros? When do I think we can start worrying about the Astros? Like, let's say, let's say they're 500 when Jose Altuve comes back. They're at five. They're they're perfectly 500. You think you can? You think you should worry about like the Mariners trying to steal it? Ah. Uh... So that would be probably June. I mean, you definitely have to consider it. They probably will need pitching at some point down the line if the Astros keep going the way they're going. Maybe yeah, the loss I mean, of Verlander gonna... was a lot bigger than a lot of people thought right off the rip. I mean, we've we've talked about it, uh, how crazy it is that a team could lose a team like a team could lose Verlander, but if there was a team that could, it was Houston because their pitching was so solid. And it hasn't; it just hasn't been that. And they haven't been playing good. They haven't been stringing together the hits, the great starts. The bullpen's been okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what's really going on in Houston, but I think if the, if they're at five hundred come June when Altuve comes back, I'm still a little worried because. Seattle is going to be right there. Seattle is going to be right there the in- sniffing at Houston's ass the entire season. And a little slump at the beginning of the season could be exactly what Seattle needs to start out in the front of this division come, you know, the beginning of May. If Seattle's in the front, that's exactly what they need to try to steal this division away from the World Series champs. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens down the stretch to see if Seattle is able to make a push or if the Astros are able to to uh, hold off anyone coming for that AL West crown. But I don't know, Zach. I'm not really changing too much of my opinion on, on the West right now. I still think it's the Astros division. Until, I, until we hit – I'm going to give the Astros until 
June 1. And because as of right now, the Astros are currently in third place behind the Rangers and the Angels. The Rangers and the Angels are at the top of the division right now. So both Seattle and Houston off to a slow start. So if we see Houston as like a, a second spot in the standings come June, I think it's time they might have to make a trade, which you wouldn't think Houston would have to do because they've had such a solid roster the past few years. Yeah, I know. But I do. I, I think it is something that if they have to do it, they will because they're not afraid to make the trade to go win another World Series. They don't care. No, absolutely not. And they have a they have a lot of capital too. A lot of a lot of things they can move around to make it work. So, uh, Houston could look very different in a, a month or two. So, we will remain uh, keeping tabs on on what Houston's next move is, if any, if any, if, if the if the team gets hot, like they're not going to make a move or a substantial move that we think they could possibly make. True. Did you, did you see today uh, that Corbin Carroll got dropped off at the game by his parents? I did see that today. That's pretty cool. I think it's funny. I think it's funny. It's like uh, getting dropped off at a little league game. I yeah, that. it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, let's see here. The Royals hosting a retirement ceremony for Lorenzo Cain on the May 6th. That's interesting to me because it feels like Lorenzo Kane had like a lot of stops in his career. Guess you could say he was like a royal for life, but it's like he—I mean, he won a World Series there, right? But he—he, I mean, he put—he did play the longest. He played six years there, but he also played um, six years. Sorry, he played seven years in Kansas City. He played six in Milwaukee. I guess he started his career in. um, He really started. He started. Milwaukee, but like you could, I mean, he was pretty much a Royal for the majority of his career. He's only 36 years old. He was, he was a Royal though. When you think of, when I think of Lorenzo Kane, I think of him in a Royals Jersey. Yeah, that's fair. And he was a good player for when, you know, he, he had things rolling for him. It was just, uh, I don't really know why he stopped playing. He just started to suck. It happens to, to way too many people. There's so many people that you forget about in the MLB because they're just good for like two years and then they just suck out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah he probably it's crazy. He probably wanted to uh, hang him up before he started to really shit the bed. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hate to say it, but I'll say it. Another guy, it. another guy who I think should have should have hung. Miggy should have hung him hung him up after last year. Yeah, you think so? Watching him, watching the Red Sox play the Tigers today, just he's so old and so fat. He just needs like I, I love Miguel Cabrera. Trust me, I love him. But he's, I mean, he's, he, it's not like he's trying to hit any accolade. Like he already's got five hundred homers. He's got the three thousand hits. He's not trying to hit anything. He's just playing because he wants to play another year. But he looks old out there. Yeah, he does look old out there. It's, I think a lot of guys try to you know, hang on to their pride for a while and uh, try to play as long as they possibly can. Some better than others. Guys like Bartolo Colon was still, he made, he made an all-star team in 2016 in one of his last years of his career. So, and at like 42 years of age, which is crazy, but, and he's still pitching professionally in, I forget which country he's pitching in, but uh, yeah, it's not going to come off the top of my head, but I agree. 
a lot of players have to swallow their pride sometimes. And like it looks like Lorenzo Cain did, so it looked like he kind of went out on somewhat good standing. Yeah, at least that's good. He didn't Jason Bay himself. Don't make fun of Jason Bay. Good Red Sox, awful Matt. Yeah. 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 Good Red Sox. Who do we have this week for the Sunday Night Baseball game? I know um, Zach is technically up 1-0 on Jake and I right now. I don't think we picked one. Sorry? Like, I don't think there was one for this week that we had already picked. No, I think there was. But we said we were going to – we said – oh, there is one? I think so. Hold on. You both have the Braves and I have the Padres. Yeah, yikes for me. Yikes. I would rather have. Uh oh, Jake. Yep, either me or Dawes. <laughs> so a- after this week, someone's going 0 2. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How the fuck did I pick Jake, the if the Braves win, that's no good. <laughs> even I mean like if the Padres like if the even if the Padres win, Dawes 0 and 2, but at least me and you are both one and one. Yeah. If the Braves win, I'm two and oh, you're 0 and 2, Dawes is one and one. But I guess you also yeah, the, you don't have to win. You just can't extra, lose. So can't even make up ground. I wonder how much a ticket was to get into today's game in Coors Field. Rockies National. I said, that is I the said fucking $7. toilet bowl, like man. Bucks. Holy shit. Is that $7. A um, you should have went. It's incredible that actually you can go to baseball games for that cheap. I hate that my team isn't like that. Cheap as you can get is like 25 Literally. I'm paying, well, I'm going to the home opener tomorrow for the Mets, and it's uh, you know, my ticket was like a hundred. Fucking ridiculous, man. It's it's annoying how expensive they get, but you kind of have to take advantage of the beginning of the season because they're a little bit less expensive because there's not like there's like less kids going to games and shit because of school. Hell yeah, fuck them kids. So if you get a if you get a good like a good weekday to go, like you can go to a game for a little bit cheaper, less people there too, and. It's it's a lot nicer. Do you think I should bet on the Mets before I go to the game tomorrow, or do you think I should just not? no? Because then you'll be double depressed. Yeah, true. I should just let it. I should just or double happy. Yeah, true. Uh oh. What angel and devil on the shoulders? I, I, Which one? Double happy, double sad. Uh I don't know. I think it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a game time decision whether I bet on the Mets tomorrow or not. It's more it's not of it's it's less of like me being confident in them and it's it's more of just like I'm already a hundred in the hole before leaving my house. So it's it's like mm-hmm. do I really wanna piss myself off even more by losing a bet? Mm-hmm. Can I ask uh who are the Mets playing tomorrow? The Marlins? Yeah, the Marlins. Uh they're gonna be favored. I was gonna say if they're underdogs, no. then you could take no, it's, it's, Mets it's, it's, plus one and a half, so they could still lose and you win. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a tricky, tricky situation that I'm in right now. Who's on the bump? Who's on the bump? Uh, McGill tomorrow against. Uh, that's a good question. Better hope it's not Lazardo. Edward Cabrera. 
Mm, he's good, but that's okay. Yeah. Actually, you guys are probably hit well against Lazaro. Well, minus 160 no tomorrow. Lefties. Fuck it. I'm going to take him. That's my pick, by the way. Uh, here we go. Double happy or double sad? It's my pick. It's my pick. I'm announcing it now before we even do picks. That is my pick. Dude, you can't announce your pick before picks. It's crazy. It's a false start. If it hits, it doesn't count. No, it does. Shut up. Sorry. Jake already added it to the Excel sheet. I'm looking at it right no, now. No, he didn't. Jake. You can remove it if you want. Fuck you. I can't wait till Jake has to take a five-hour train ride. <laughs> where where would a five-hour train ride be in Colorado? Like, it depends where I want to go. I yeah, where would that get you? Any direction. Oh, that would be ass. Ooh, Wyoming's – honestly, if you take a train to Wyoming, I might fly and meet you out no, there. What, I feel like Wyoming's what, probably and, sick. And what we should do – I feel like it's probably sick. What we should definitely do during that uh, – during – that like if the train ride is the punishment, I want to record a pod and have the other person yeah. call in from Wyoming from the train. We should have made one of the punishments just go to Wyoming, honestly, because I really want to go. One now. of my fantasy football punishments, like a year or two ago, was the loser was going to have to uh, fly out on a Thursday, <coughs> like, take a red eye to Detroit, spend twenty four hours in the Detroit airport, and then come back. That would be brutal. <laughs> it was like, did someone actually have to do it? No, they. It, it was we would we drew like we, we drew it out of a hat and they didn't end up getting the Detroit one. But uh, yeah, it would have been like you leave on a Thursday night red eye and you return like Saturday morning early, like six a.m. flight. Mm. That's awful. Honestly, look looking at these punishments, none of them are really that bad. Honestly, like the worst one is beer mile. Like that just sucks. I don't even think so. I think the worst one is TikTok account for 30 days because it's just like I would get so pissed off after doing it for like two days. I'd be like, holy shit. (laughs) Because it's 30 days straight. Oh, you have to like, Uh, you you have to dress like all sexy and stuff and. Yeah, you know, like you know, like oh, chicks uh, dressing like bikinis and make those beer posters for their boyfriends. Yeah, that's not bad. You're, you're gonna have to. You have to make one. Yeah, well, <laughs> not in like yeah, but yeah, like as a woman. Is worse if I were... <laughs> it's the no, no. It's a hundred percent the worst one. It's it's a hundred percent. It's just because it's everything else is like a couple hours. The TikTok dance is thirty days. Five hour train ride, like I guess that's ten hours because it's five hours there and back. Wait, is it, are we doing a two and a half hour train ride? Yeah. We well, I mean, this, this, I mean, this is a good question because if if you're going from two and a half to five, that's the difference between Boston and DC. Be- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like it has to be more than two and a half. I Maybe think it's like five there, five back. Back at least. That's brutal. All right, maybe maybe we'll cut that down. But five yeah. there, five yeah. back would be a, a miserable day. <laughs> I don't so know. I don't know. I, still I don't think, know. I'll go take a five-hour train ride to DC. Walk around DC. You know, get a beer. You know, and then I'll take a like a Did midnight you, train home or some shit, and just sleep on the train and get home at five a.m. That's There's too. no Wi-Fi I'll on the track. Yeah, 
Bro, it's called downloading Netflix movies. Get your head all right, out of your all right, ass. All right, all right, all right, yo. Acting like this acting like you just found like on, like electricity, like you just discovered electricity. Okay. I mean, like, there's many ways around not having Wi-Fi. On, no, but on like, I don't know about you guys, but I get grade. very antsy in like car, long car rides or anything. I'm just like, oh my oh, god, me too. <laughs> me too. It's gonna. It would be really annoying, but. I think it would be fun because I would just go somewhere and then hang or hang out. I wouldn't just go five hours, five hours. I would just go. That's somewhere. honestly why I don't do more like road trips. Like I, it would be sick to road trip across the country. Like I would do that in a heartbeat if I didn't have to sit my ass in a car for 20 hours. No offense, Jake, but like that <laughs> seems awful. I'm not like an advocate for long car. I can, I can do it. I don't mind the drive. Is it that bad, Jake? I think Wait, long one, drives aren't that bad. That one time, like you, you take, you mean you take okay, stops. The one time you didn't stop, Jake. Like how bad was that? No one got to like sleep. Like you tried to sleep, but it was yeah, twenty-seven hours straight. It's not fun. <laughs> that's that's yeah. fucking crazy, dude. But I think like I think like road trips, like 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 a ten-hour road trip is like really fun. It's just the ten hours home. Hold on, I have a that question. That fucking sucks. When all you want to do is be home, and you have to drive. You mean to tell me, in the year twenty whatever it was twenty first, it was twenty first century. Jake drove across this country in twenty seven hours on the best technology that we have found. You mean to tell me Lewis and Clark mapped that shit? How the fuck did that happen, dude? I call bullshit on it. I they had don't. drones. They had drones, and they were flying them. And they, we're not getting into this because this could go. Birds aren't sure real. They time. had drones. No. Okay. Okay. Stop. The it. government is listening to us right now. That's true. This is true. Biden definitely listens. That's they true. Listen Probably true. A hundred percent. Shout out no, Edward like Snowden for exposing that. I think so. Well, okay. I'm not saying that they're physically listening. But there are government agencies that have yeah, yo, a lot all, of all, access. All to three what of we're our FBI right agents on like a Monday morning at like the coffee machine, they'd be like, I don't know why the fuck these kids are doing like a podcast now, <laughs> but like it sucks that I have to just listen to it because I have not, to see if there's something say- in there. We don't all have our personal FBI. No, we do. The government doesn't want you to believe that, but that's actually your FBI agent is actually birds, and that's why birds aren't real, and that's and they're spying on you. Like, there's a bird's nest right outside. There's a tree right by my window, okay, and there's a bird's nest in there. Real fucking convenient that it's right next to my window, huh? FBI, just watching you change at night. What's up? I said Joe's watching you change. Well, it's probably a woman. I was gonna no, say it's probably a woman Biden. FBI agent. Oh, uh, maybe it's Jill. Jill. Jill Biden. Doctor. Jill Biden to you. No, she's not a doctor. She also went to Nova. V's down. Fuck you. Hell yeah! I just want everybody out there to know. That when Daz walked across the stage for graduation, he put V's down because that's how much Villanova lives in him, inside. Also, his head. fuck Ed Cooley because I have the shirt on today. Yeah, fuck Ed Cooley. Woo! Clown. 
Woo-hoo-hoo. All right, let's get Ed Cooley let's get into some masters talk because that is all I did with my life today. I took the day off work to go to the Met game. Yeah, some of us work, but instead I watched the Masters. It was a win. It's been nice. It was awesome. Man. I watched maybe four holes. It was a great day at the Masters today. Obviously, this weekend. The weather is supposed to be shit, so it'll be interesting to see how the, the players... I honestly am in favor. Like, if the winds aren't that bad and the course is soft, like, I like a lot of these ball strikers' chances, like Brooks. Like, I think if the course is wet and it's scorable, like, I think Brooks is going to be able to throw some darts at some pins. I think also that's where you see guys like Morikawa who could strike and climb the leaderboard in wet conditions. Yeah, the wet conditions is going to bring out the really good iron players. You're going to see a lot of the best iron players probably put up the best scores because they're going to be able to stick it like very easily. And that's going to be really important when when it's so wet out there because you don't want those long putts when it's super wet out there. It's important to stick it close and have nice easy birdies. And like you said, when you're going to see guy, the guys like Kepka and Morikawa and those really good iron players step up if the weather really is that bad. I'm hoping that it's not going to be that bad. Yeah, and Brooksy, Brooksy, but, but it looks like it's Brooksy bad. is like fully, fully healthy on that on on that knee that he had operations on. So like that's that's cool to see uh, a live guy in the mix, which is like I'm not personally a, a big fan of live, but uh, it's definitely going to get the golf world, world talking that uh, a live guy is right now uh, tied for first after day one. I think you saw a lot of good things out of a lot of players today. I think the most impressive round on the course was Rom starting his day off with a double, uh, double four putt, and then bounced back with a uh, carding nine under par after after that. Finished with a seven under 66, 65, excuse me. Uh, so like that was a, a fucking impressive, impressive round by Rom today. Victor Hovland looked great today. Uh, Cam Young, who I thought uh, was could become a contender in this, he's been playing well. He played well at the match play, uh, and, and he's looked great throughout the Florida and California tours. So I was really impressed by him today. Scotty Scheffler got off to a slow start, but picked things up towards the end. Then you have guys like Adam Scott, past winners. Phil Mickelson looked solid, like solid compared to what Phil has looked in past majors since his PGA win in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and we also saw Morikawa almost cheat today. I, I I watched that video probably like fifty times, and I figured it out. Like I don't think he cheated, but I think it was one of those like sleight of hand things. I need to watch the video because I actually didn't really watch. So, um, yeah, watch the video. It's, it's definitely like, it could definitely throw you off, but he doesn't actually move his ball. He puts his marker behind his ball, pushes the marker up and then picks his ball up. It's, it all happens really fast. So like in the moment you could be like, Whoa, Whoa, what the fuck just happened? But it, I, it, it looks fine after you watch it enough. It's just like on a first glance, you're like, Colin Morikawa definitely just moved his ball. But once you get a gauge of the situation, you're like, it's, I understand what's going on here. Uh, Jordan Spieth. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I'm sorry. I, no, I just no, watched yeah. it. I, I can, I see why, why people would 
think that's like super cheating. I, yeah. I get it. Uh, Spieth, Spieth uh, had it looked really good coming out the gate today, and then right after Eamon Corner, he was uh, kind of shit the bed. Three over, over, over a three hole stretch. Not great for a guy who you can really consider could be a two time Masters champion, but. Uh, like I said, like when you card a 70 in the first round, I think you're in a really good spot because like we said, like conditions are going to get worse. Um, maybe not necessarily for some good iron players, but if the wind picks up and it gets wet and it's just soft, the fairways don't get a lot of kick in them. The greens don't get a lot of kick in them. This could get ugly for a lot of players in this field. So I think uh, two under par or 70, I think that's a great spot to be right now. I think after the first day, honestly, anywhere under par, you could be happy with. With with just like you said, with the conditions that they're going to see this weekend, pretty much anything can happen. We can see a huge swing. I think it's very, very possible that Rom, you know, loses it. Kepka can very easily lose yep. it, and we've seen Hovland blow. I don't know how many leads. So it, it's very possible. It's still wide open after the first day, and. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm very upset with Tiger's round ending. You know, I think he was yeah, one over. He ended, he, but uh, two over. He he didn't look great at any point throughout the day. I when I when I turned on the TV this morning, which I I mean, just from like thinking about what time I turned the TV on to what time I stopped watching the Masters, which was during this podcast. It's like a disgusting amount of television I watched today, but. Tiger, from the minute he was on the range and in the practice area, it did not look like he looked like he was in discomfort the entire time. Like he, he was grimacing after hitting some some chip shots and just the, when he had to put stress on that knee and lower and lower ankle, it just did not look great. So, and I don't know if you saw his shot on eighteen. He put his tee shot in a bunker on the left side, uh, or it actually didn't go in the bunker. It was like right on the edge of the bunker, and he had to have one foot in. The ball was above his was way above his feet, uh, and he kind of had to hit a hook, let around to try to hook it back onto the green. It was a, a nightmare, and he was limping and hobbling after the shot. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's I, I think moving forward, Tiger in majors. If he makes the cut, it's a win. Agreed. That's my personal opinion, and and like I I was saying this last night, and I said this this morning. Tiger Woods can still hit the fuck out of the golf ball and everything is still Tiger-esque. It's the walking that's the issue. Once he hits 50 and he goes on to the Champions Tour and he can use a cart, he'll probably start winning tournaments on the Champions Tour like like no one's business. Probably. Once, once that main stress is off the knee and ankle and he can stop walking, I'm sure he'll fucking be amazing right i just wonder like will, will there ever be a point in golf like you know how i mean this is this is probably like some people will probably be so pissed at this i'm, I'm about to even bring this point up but like at what point does golf get a pace of play in in in, in the terms of how baseball was shortened because people's attention spans are too short and like now there's a pitch clock and major league baseball wants to bring in a bullpen cart for so people in the bullpen can get ushered to the mound fast enough. Like every second theoretically for these people count. So at what point is, and, and trust me, I'm, I, I do not want golf to be changed at all. But like when you see a guy like Tiger Woods and you know that it's advantageous for the game of golf to have him play in every tournament that he could possibly play in, why not just let him take a cart? I know in 2019, they let John Daly take a cart at the PGA up in Bethpage. So why not let Tiger take a cart? Like if he's on the course and playing, your ratings skyrocket. 
I agree with you. I think it would be a smart business decision to let it happen, but I think there's just a tradition of golf is too strong to, you know, fold. I think it could happen other places too. At Augusta, I think just, there's just no shot it's going to happen at Augusta, even though no, I don't like, think it'll happen at Augusta. Obviously, he's a member and has his green jackets there and all the history there that he's had, but. If it's going to happen anywhere, it won't be Augusta. Right. So, like, and and like I, I don't see why this can't happen at like the Travelers Championship. Why can't they do it then? Yeah, I, I think it's something that they they should do because, just like you said, it draws so many people in when he's playing. Not to mention the fact that, like, if if, if we were comparing apples to apples, the, the John Rom does not have any stress on his body after walking eighteen holes. They do it four or five times a week. Tiger's walking 18 holes maybe once a month. I know for a fact when he plays in practices, he's not walking 18 holes. He walks in preparation of the tournament, but a month ago when he's prepping for the Masters, he's not saying, oh, I got to go I gotta go walk seven miles today because I got to get be ready to climb the, the hills of Augusta. I think he should be, though. It might do more harm than good at that rate, though. It's possible, but if you want to compete. All right, Zach, one person you were looking forward to watching going into this weekend. Hmm. Give me one person you're looking forward to watching this weekend, and then give me one person who is not in the top five who you think could realistically have a shot on Sunday of donning the green jacket. Okay. Someone I'm looking forward to watching is actually Brooks okay, because enough. I'm looking forward. Like I want to see if he can actually keep it up. The, shooting seven under today is phenomenal, getting himself tied for first. And he's coming off those two live wins. It, I, I just want to see if he's able to keep it up, especially because his iron play is so good and the conditions that we might see this week. It just plays perfectly for Brooks. I'm really – I'm just – Really, really interested to see if he can keep and it And you up. know Brooks wants to win, not just just to put the jacket on, but as a little bit of to, to shut everyone up about him moving to live and him not being able to play at that high level anymore. So this is a little, mo- this, this is a little more than a green jacket for Brooks this weekend. Absolutely. And, and your other question, someone outside the top five, I got to go back to the asshole that always fucks me over, but it's Colin Morikawa. It really is. And it's, it's, Kind of for the same reason I said about Brooks, just the iron play is so good. And if we see those really wet conditions this week at this weekend at Augusta, he is going to really benefit from that more than a lot of other people. And shooting three under today, he's still very much in the hunt. And I think this is a guy on Sunday that we're seeing at the top of the leaderboards, probably with Rom and Scheffler and hopefully Kepka. Totally. That's a, that's a great pick. One person I'm lo- really looking forward to watching this week. Uh, this weekend is Jason Day. Jason Day. People forget how good Jason Day was back in his like. It's it's. I, sh- I shouldn't be saying using the phrase heyday, but like he hasn't. We haven't really seen that great of play out of Jason Day and out of recent memory. So I'm looking forward to Jason Day right now. Is is sitting at five under par currently? Let's see. Uh, day day day. Tied for fourth. Tied for fourth. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles the pressures of the weekend and the oncoming weather. I'm looking forward to seeing 
kind of how he handles all of the shit that's going to be thrown at him over the next 72 hours. Uh, and then somebody who I think could pull this out of their ass, Sanjay M. Uh, only played in three Masters prior to this tournament. Uh, 2020 tied for eighth. 2020, excuse me, 2022 tied for eighth. 2020 tied for second. Missed the cut in 21. A lot of people don't typically win this tournament in their 20s. This is a tournament where it takes a lot to learn the golf course, and you have to know all of its tendencies to kind of put those shots together. Him just seems like he adapts well to this golf course. Like His game plays really well on it, uh, as opposed to a lot of other people like like a um, Bubba Watson or somebody who it took them a little bit of time on tour before they were able to to, to don a green jacket. I think M's going to, I mean, he's, he's one, he's two under par right now and he's not on a lot of people's boards right now, but I definitely think you could take a peek at him come Sunday. I think that's a good pick. Jake, do you have anyone that you're looking forward um, to watching this weekend? I agree with Zach Morikawa. I think he's a good, good person to come outside the top five to look at. Um, otherwise I, yeah, I, I love Brooks. I think, uh, I love. I, it's a shame Willie Z Zalatoris got um, he withdrew because I think he would be a great iron player in these conditions. That but sucked. I, I did. Yes. You also uh, hit, you also Ron, hit a good bet today. Ron Let's not forget that two over. I bet him to uh, be the round leader. Um, so I hit that, which was nice. Um, but yeah, that was a good feeling. That's awesome. Not a boy. Not a boy. Atta boy. This is also Jake's flu yeah, game, so this is this is dedication for Jake <laughs> being sorry. here. You sound, you sound amazing. amazing. You never sound like shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about some uh, Florida Man Friday? Let's do some Florida Man Friday. Zach, do you want to go first? I'll go first. So my Florida Man Friday, my title is Florida Man Pulls Out Machete at Bar After Request for Another Karaoke Song is Denied. So that pretty much explains the entire story. This guy, every time we, we do this and I, and I pull up an article, the, the picture of the guy looks even stupider. I, ever, these people are so dumb. So this Florida man was at a bar, at a karaoke bar, and he requ- kept requesting songs and they kept getting denied. I don't really understand why they were getting denied, but the people at the bar said that he clearly didn't understand how karaoke worked. And so <laughs> after they kept denying his song request, he decided to whip out a machete. He didn't hurt anybody, thank thank God, but he just whipped out a machete, started waving it around. Eventually they were able to talk him down and the police showed up. He was arrested. And yet again, the Florida men ceased to like this. They, they go beyond my imagination. They're a figment of our imaginations. Men. It's incredible. My Florida man is a guy accused of driving around naked with the electro. I'm reading this verbatim, by the way, from the article of Fox six, uh, Fox six, Milwaukee picked this up. So this news made it all the way to Milwaukee, Florida man accused of driving around naked with electronic device attached to what? 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 I wonder what it was attached to. A man was arrested Monday after police say he was caught driving around naked with an electronic device attached to his appendage. 
Most mm. of most people would uh, penis is what it's referred to. I think um, yes, in, in the medical field, right? Yes. So they responded to a orange drive. They responded to Orange Drive. I don't know what that is. To an alarmed resident reported being propositioned by a naked man who was slowly walking the neighborhood and driving around with something attached to his wang. They called the police, and when the police arrived, he refused to comply. So they tackled him naked on the on the pavement with a thing attached to his thing. Nice. He was a three minute drive away from an elementary school. This guy is a moron. <laughs> I thought you were going to say another mo word. Molester. Oh, 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 oh! I was like, what? I was playing Wordle in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was arrested and his mugshot. Uh, I'll show you a picture of it on screen. He looks like he got fucked up when they tackled him. Oh my dude. god! <laughs> so that's my that's my guy today. Sounds like a good guy. No, it doesn't. But should we get into uh, should we get into some picks? I love picks. Do some picks. Powered by Riverside. All right, picks for Friday, April 7th. Zach, go first because everyone already knows my pick. Mets minus 160. Yeah, I forgot we already did your pick. So my pick is going to be the Seattle Mariners taking on the Cleveland Guardians tomorrow in Cleveland. They are away, but they got Logan Gilbert going up against Aaron Savali. Aaron Savali is like the five for Cleveland, and Logan Gilbert is phenomenal. So I think the Seattle Mariners, even though they got off to a slow start, I think they'll take this one in Cleveland. I like the pitching matchup for Seattle, so I'm going to go with Seattle. I do have a pick this time. Um, Jake, do you have one? I the Orioles over last time, and I think their overs are going to hit a lot. So I'm going to bet the Orioles-Yankees over nine runs. It's a lot of runs, but it's going to be like a 9-7 game. Orioles Yankees over nine. Like I actually it. like that. Yeah. The Yankees haven't even announced a starter yet. Orioles so who even knows who that's gonna be? All right. I don't I have no clue. I'm actually trying to think who who it could be. Maybe they're gonna I don't even know. Maybe Colton Brewer and then maybe that's why they haven't done it yet. I picked a random number today for roulette. Okay. 23. That's a good – for Michael Jordan. Yeah, it was for Michael Jordan. He's a good guy. A good guy. I, I, I know I'm kind of a good personally. Trying to put $3 boy. Something in my brain is off. It's not, Do you, not, Jake? It's not letting me put it on the number. Yeah, but it, it's telling me – Maybe because you're sick. Well, Michael Jordan was really good at basketball, so maybe he he was also a avid gambler. Okay, we are spinning. Let me. So, 
Maybe. Oh! 25! Uh, Red 25. <laughs> We're statistically due. Five, How long till we stop this? Not, not soon enough. <laughs> sure. We're not going to have the statistical t- statistics talk again. That's for sure. Oh, right. God. Uh, Zach, you want to close out? I have to pee bad. Yeah, okay, go ahead, buddy. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening to today's episode. We'll see you guys back on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Watch some baseball. Watch the Masters. Have a great Easter, and we'll see you all on Tuesday for another episode of The Talk Off. See you guys.